It's time for episode 250 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where there's always time to celebrate a milestone. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined, as I always am, by my good co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How you doing? Hello, Dan. I'm doing so great. You can't see it, but I'm dancing to my 250th milestone dance. Uh, it involves a lot of uh, hip movements and a little bit of uh, jazz hands, but it's, it's mm, great. It's mm. great. I would walk 250 episodes. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. All right. Well, let's move on into the more important part, which is where we introduce our two fantastic guests this week. To my left, the developer of the brilliant AR driving game slash calculator, PCALC. It's James Thompson. Hi, James. How are you doing? Hi. I'm pleased to have been on precisely 6.4% of these 250 episodes. (laughs) Nice. This is what happens when he makes a calculator. He just has to calculate everything. I love it. I love it. Uh, and to my left is the business unicorn, the co-host of SesterCast, and of course, the host of Friends in Your Ears. It is the one and only Kathy Campbell. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Micah. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. This is it's a very exciting occasion today. It's well, very I'm gonna, exciting. <laughs> very Woo! exciting. Woo! I'm going to kick things off with my topic. I was on vacation last week, and the place we were staying most of the time had really, really flaky Wi-Fi that didn't work in a lot of places. So between that and being, you know, on vacation, I didn't really keep up with the internet at all, uh, and it was kind of delightful. So I wanted to know if you guys have an unplugging strategy. Is there time during the week that you don't uh, check? the social medias or uh time during you know the day what what do you do how do you cope with that james uh, how do i cope well i think the answer there is i don't cope and i don't <laughs> unplug that's my strategy <laughs> i mean it's not entirely true i've got rid of a lot of social media and news sites from my rss and i've put a ton of filters on my twitter feed to make it somewhat more palatable uh when i want to keep up to date with the latest happenings in existential dread and despair um, I can do that on my own terms in short controlled bursts of hopelessness um, I realize that it's a sign of privilege that I can actually choose to do that uh, but my mental health is not really up to it otherwise uh, I mean I do feel the need to keep up with tech or at least the Apple related world uh, for work though so I can't completely cut myself off and I need to be available to my customers too since effectively they pay my wages in the end. Uh, but I am cutting down on stuff. Uh, I'm using Instagram more of late and only following my friends on that to see what they're up to. Uh, it's seemingly a lot happier place than Twitter or Facebook, though only seeing people's perfect photographic lives, you know, can bring its own set of problems. Um But, I mean, working from home, uh, working for myself, I do need that sort of virtual water cooler for the daily social contact. And that's been 100% private Slack groups for me these days. But I've had these three big social events in the last three months, though, where I've met a lot of these people in real life. And I've kind of got used to them having actual human faces. So... 
My strategy is that we need to have a big meetup of friends once a month from all around the world. So you're all coming to Scotland next month. Yes! Yay! All expenses paid? Uh, we can talk about <laughs> we'll that. calculate one. it, right? Some expenses not paid. There you go. Some expenses not paid. Um, I am just like you. I do not do a very good job of getting away from the internet. Um, don't have much of a strategy. So, like, when do I unplug? You know, when my eyes are closed and the, the, uh, rim sleep takes hold and I am completely out of it. That's when I unplug. Unfortunately, sometimes I'm checking tweets in my dreams. So. <laughs> Is there really unplugging? I don't know. Maybe we're all just a part of the matrix and we never can unplug. Dun, dun, dun. But um, I do, I welcome any opportunity to have like poor uh, connection <laughs> uh, when that comes along. It's like, okay, you know, I can, I can deal with this. This is good. This is a time to get away. And also I do, um, this doesn't quite fit the mold that you've, uh, that you've molded, Dan, but I do like that, um, with, when I'm driving, do not disturb while driving. Uh, I do tend to stay unplugged at those times because I don't see any notifications that pop up while I'm driving. And also I have enabled a bedtime mode on my iPhone with iOS 12. And so past a certain hour, I also can't see any notifications that take place. So during those periods of time, I am fully unplugged and I am happy about it. And, um, yeah, I hope to add more of that into my life, but I just need to be more conscious about it, I think. What about you, Kathy? Well, I had a unprepped, kind of unplugged week and a half or so back in May when I gave birth and ended up losing a lot of blood. And so holding my phone was really difficult. Um, so I listened to a lot of podcasts at that point because I couldn't like use my hands very well. Um, and that was not enjoyable, but I think that wasn't because I was unplugged. I think there were uh, several other factors involved in that. Um, but I do try every night at about 7.30 um, when we start getting ready for bed. Uh, my daughter is off electronics at 7.30 and I figure... I might as well be too. Um, and so we go and we have snuggle time and I read actual books. Uh, well, on my Kindle. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but I try to stay off of my phone as well, even though, you know, I'll get notifications, just the important ones on my watch and pick up my phone for that. For, but for the most part, for the next couple hours until I fall asleep, I am just reading and it's very refreshing and really cleansing to finish out the day that way so that I can get up in the next morning and really start things off again. So I highly recommend it. It's good. It really is. Yeah, I I you know previously to this I there were times that I tried to not be as um uh consumed with my phone, but it wasn't really like regularly scheduled. So, you know, this gave me an opportunity to rethink that a little bit. And I don't know that I will necessarily be great at doing this. Uh, you know, part of being a freelancer over the last few years has meant a lot more freedom to walk away from the internet and not feel like I was missing stuff all the time. Uh, so I appreciate that. I, you know, like Kathy, I try to unplug at night a little bit. I try to read an actual book before I go to bed uh, because it's just a way to, like, spin my brain down, which is which is good. But in general, I think I've just tried to get more of a 
uh, a, 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 what am I looking for? I, I've tried to feel more like I can walk away and it's okay. And it's not necessarily about scheduling a time for me, but about, you know, coming to terms with the fact that like, I'm going to miss out on stuff. It's fine. I don't have to be plugged in every moment of every day. And I think I felt a lot better for it. So we'll see if I manage to keep up with that. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to topic number two from James. So I have a problem with space. Not not the astronaut kind of space. I mean, uh, I have space for six more Blu-rays in my TV cabinet shelves and about five more games. I have no more space at all for books, except your next book, of course, Dan. Um, I should really have switched to digital downloads by now, but I just have a problem letting go of physical media. Are you the same? Any tips? Dear Clockwise, please help. Well, James, you should try my strategy. It's called not having a physical media library in the first place. Um, I, yeah, I just, I never had the opportunity, I guess, to build up um, the physical media. And also something that I don't think is going to be helpful for you. I am not as much of a, like... I don't know, pull out my, my, my jeweler's, jeweler's loop and look very closely at the pixels on the screen to see if I'm watching Blu-ray versus just like a normal DVD. Um, I tend to not care too much about like, or it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't notice the difference between just like watching something on Netflix versus watching something in Blu-ray, HDR, W753. It's like, I don't know what any of those things mean. I think the last one was made up on the spot. Uh, but the point is, it all just sort of looks the same to me. And for me, it's not about that. So it makes it very easy for me to just be able to buy the things that I want digitally or more often than not, just rent the things that I want digitally. Um, but I think really what you're going to have to do here is figure out a way to make your storage spaces bigger on the inside. And then you'll have plenty of space to store all of that physical media and books, etc. Kathy, what are your recommendations here? Oh, I like that. Putting, having it bigger on the inside. You know, they should make a TV show about something similar to that. That would be cool. Um, so I have a lot of books, a lot of books, um, from like, I have all of my children's books and my young adult books and whatnot, and I'm saving them for my daughter. And I also went through like all of, as my parents had been downsizing, I went and got some more books from them and I don't really read physical books anymore. But I have them, and they live in my bookshelves or boxes when the bookshelves have no space. Uh, I also have a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays, mainly kids' versions, because it's easy for my daughter to manage on the downstairs television. Um, But I really, me personally, don't really use the physical media so much. Uh, It's so much easier to just search something, pull out the Siri remote for the Apple TV or, you know, borrow it on iTunes, etc. And if it's not there, then I guess I just won't watch it type of a, a mindset. And so really, I should just get rid of it all. But again, I have a very similar uh, issue 
that James has in that I don't want to get rid of it all. Uh, so I also do not have a solution. So someone please come and steal all of my books and movies and then I won't have this problem anymore. Right? That's how we'll that post your that works. address in the show notes. <laughs> come on by. Help yourself. Um, yeah. So I have some leftover stuff. I never had a huge DVD collection or a huge music collection because I wasn't super into that. I do have like a one of those binder cases full of CDs, but I listen to stuff there so infrequently that I probably should just get rid of a lot of it or rip it all. Um, the biggest problem I have right now is I don't have an optical drive on any of my computers. Um, <laughs> uh, same problem with DVDs. And the answer is, you know, I'm kind of moving along to sort of Kathy's line of thought there, which is just renting stuff when I want to. And it seems silly to rent it when you own a DVD of it, but for me, it's like, well, the DVD is lower quality, and yes, it's more expensive, but given how much I seem to watch the stuff I have on DVD, it may be just as cost-effective to rent it. Uh, when my girlfriend moved in last year, we uh, you know, were merging our collections, or like, you know, we only had so much room. I live, I live in a small apartment, so we got rid of stuff. We donated a lot of stuff to our local library, um, and I got rid of a lot of my old uh, Xbox games, too. I gave them to a cousin who was into them. Um, and I just try not to acquire more physical media. I don't buy a lot of Blu-rays. I certainly don't buy music in physical form. And I try to buy downloadable games as much as possible, uh, which is a little tricky because they don't go on sale digitally as much as they go on sale physically. Books is the big problem. I have a really a lot of books. Unsurprisingly, as some people probably know, my parents were librarians. So that just kind of stuck. Uh, so I have a ton of books everywhere. We've filled. We had to buy a couple more bookcases my girlfriend moves into because she, she had a lot of books as well. So... I try, I buy a lot of digital books these days, but I definitely buy physical books as well. My parents always tried to institute a one book in, one book out policy. It never worked because <laughs> someone always cheated. <laughs> so I don't really know how to solve the book problem other than move and decide I don't need all of them. Um, so yeah, James, those are my, my advice for you is one, uh, either move into a smaller place, which will force you to make harder decisions or... You know, I don't know. There's probably some stuff you could get rid of that would free up some, a lot of space. Like if you had like some small plastic toys uh, that were in the forms <laughs> of spaceships or little people. I feel like that you don't really need that. You could probably get rid of that and use that to store the rest of your stuff. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, to give you a good indication of my physical media problem, I recently ordered the 40th anniversary re-release of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio series on vinyl. Uh, do oh, I own a record no player? No one can help yeah. you. Oh, no. <laughs> I do not own a record player. So you're going to um, have to get one I, of those, too. No, I'm not going to play it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't so want to be helped. The first <laughs> step is asking for help, and then yeah, the I'm... second step is apparently rejecting the help we're giving you. <laughs> Too far. So, okay. So I don't generally buy a lot of Blu-rays anymore. Expects. Ex- except for special movies. So at the current Lucasfilm release rate, I've got a few years to go. Um, I mean, I like having the discs on my shelves, but like you were saying, even though like I recently rewatched all of Star Trek The Next Generation, the second best Star Trek series, um, I watched it off Netflix rather than get off my couch and break open the still-sealed box and swap physical discs around. I mean, this should tell me something. Uh, my DVDs are no longer on display or easily accessible in any way, so it's not like I could watch those. Uh, one approach I've seen people use is to get rid of the plastic DVD cases and just keep the discs and the sleeve inserts in binders. That would free up a lot of shelf space, but since I haven't actually watched any of those DVDs in years since they went into storage, 
maybe I don't actually need to have them at all. Um, my CDs are in deep storage under my desk in the office. They all got ripped into iTunes uh, years ago. But since I got a Spotify subscription and then Apple Music, uh, I've stopped buying music entirely and I just stream everything. Uh, apologies to starving musicians. Uh, it's <laughs> convenient enough and most things are there in a way that they aren't on other streaming services at the moment. Uh, maybe that's the future. Or maybe instead of buying a smaller apartment, I just need to buy a bigger apartment. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to acquire way too much stuff. Um, All right. That is two topics down, two topics to go, which means, of course, it is halftime. And to tell you about today's halftime sponsor, I'll throw you over to my friend Micah. Hello, hello. Of course, it is time to tell you all about our friends at Casper. Casper is a company that's focused on sleep and is dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. Guess what? You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be. And that is why you need Casper. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? Well, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. You probably heard that. And Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S. and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. I've mentioned this before. I have the Casper sheets, the Casper pillows, the Casper bed, the Casper Casper bed frame, the Casper box springs. I've got a Casper pool floaty. I've got so much. I've got Casper socks, two pairs actually. I love Casper. Casper is incredible. I love this mattress. I sleep so well on it. It is why I am a Casper stan, as it were. Uh, I think that the company does a fantastic job of introducing new stuff all the time, which is fun, but also making high quality and very, very nice sleep experiences. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash clockwise and using the code, you guessed it, clockwise at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply, but that's casper.com slash clockwise with the offer code clockwise. Thanks so much to Casper for their support of this show. And now, Micah, you take it away. Um, I just saw this morning, uh, that UPS is also working on a way to let their delivery people into your home. So you would have a smart lock and you, the UPS driver would have access to said smart lock and be able to drop off the package inside of your house. Now, does that, I'm curious, change anything for you since Amazon introduced one a while back and people were like, ah, it can't do this. They, we can't let people into our homes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a lot of times people have like the same delivery driver from UPS, FedEx, USPS. And so I'm curious if that changes anything for you. Uh, Kathy, we will start with you. So I am going on a fun vacation at the end of September. And for it, I have been purchasing a variety of products for my daughter and I to share. Uh, And they have mostly been delivered by UPS. About 90% of them have been delivered to the wrong house. So 
I would be tempted to try it if it meant that they would actually show up at the proper house and they would know that it wouldn't be the house that they were supposed to go because like the code didn't work or something. Uh, however, and this is not a slam necessarily on our lovely hardworking drivers, but I would probably have to say no. The Kathy kind of took the words right out of my mouth with no. <laughs> Uh, well, we were on this podcast. I had some packages from UPS delivered, and you know what was great about that? They didn't come into my house uh, because that would have been really disruptive. I, you know, I get it. There are people in areas where you know theft is a concern, or people who have you know, as Kathy does, have problems getting its stuff delivered to the correct address. I don't have these problems, and I don't see this as fixing anything that is currently wrong. So for me, it's a big fat no. Yeah, I mean, there's literally no way I'll let any third party, at least one that isn't my parents, have the ability to unlock my front door. I mean, this partially comes back to my general reticence for smart home stuff, but it's one thing when hackers get access to your data, but quite another when they could potentially get into your house. I mean, there's a lot of very precious Lego here, not to mention all the physical media. Um, I'm Also, I work for myself from home, so 99% of the time I know when I'm going to be around and I can order stuff to be delivered at that point. So for me, this isn't a problem I really need solved. I mean, having said all this, if you start to look in how safe traditional physical locks are you realize that you might as well leave your front door open anyway i mean i don't want you to fall down a lock picking youtube hole as i may have done uh but you know just to bring everything back around you can order lock picking kits on amazon and have them delivered oh my god uh, um wow okay well uh i am I have a really cool, really kind uh, delivery driver, and um, I, like I think I would let him access my garage um, because it's separated from the house, like or it's not separated from the house, but there's a door in between the house and the garage, and so it would require extra access. Like I trust that person enough and have talked to that person enough to let them in there, but yeah, I just am still not keen on letting someone into my house, and it's not so much about like me being worried that. He- they would steal something that I have is that they would let my dogs out on accident. And I cannot have that. (laughs) That would be very much of an issue if I had to worry about my dogs being loose because they open up the door to drop off probably like dog food for said dogs. Um, So that, that, yeah, that just uh, would not work for me. And also there's just the fact that Given that I work from home, there's not really a case where I would need uh, a delivery driver to drop off packages inside my home. Also, um, my office is a mess, and I don't need the stress of thinking like, oh, the UPS <laughs> delivery person is going to judge my office for being a mess. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, you, I don't want you seeing inside of my house. That's why the door is closed. Yeah, uh, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for your answers on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Kathy. Yesterday was World Emoji Day. Uh, Very serious question now. What is your favorite emoji? And what emoji will you still miss not having? Oh, man. I was struggling with the emoji. Which emoji uh, will I miss still not having? Because my first thought was a bagel emoji. But apparently there's a bagel emoji (laughs) in the new version. So I guess that's right out. Uh, So I'm going to say I still kind of want... Where are my Star Wars emoji at? I want, like, actual Star Wars emoji. They have, like, wizards and elves and stuff now. You can give me, like... 
like random lightsaber wielding generic character, right? Like <laughs> laser fine. swords. Yeah, laser swords. Come on. Um, I will say my favorite, according to most of my like recently used emoji uh, palettes on my iOS and Mac devices, is the grimacing face, which is about right. <laughs> Is this an emoji draft episode? No, uh, not a draft. No, you can choose the same one. Uh, so I think I would have to pick the Scottish flag emoji. Not for any nationalistic reasons, I should stress, but because I am listed in the acknowledgements on the proposal document that was sent to the Unicode Consortium to actually have the emoji created, uh, along with the other UK country-specific flags. I think I read through the proposal for Jeremy Burge, who single-handedly creates all emoji, as we know, Um <laughs> To give him my unique Scottish perspective or something like that. Uh, but that's the only one that I have a sort of personal connection to its creation. So I shall pick that. Um, I missed having good raccoon or badger emojis. But apparently we're getting those as well this year. Um, but staying on brand, uh, there's going to be an abacus emoji in the 2018 updates. Uh, but we still don't have a pocket calculator. Mm. There's a code point in emoji for it. But it, there's not a real emoji and there's no graphic for it on any of the apple systems who needs one when you've got a calculator app on your phone well this is true um i mean i'll draw it for them (laughs) i have ideas Uh, so for me the one that i use the most is definitely the uh smiling face with crying eyes emoji the one that's supposed to look sort of like laughter but uh, my favorite emoji is probably going to be the monkey with it's it's called see no evil um mm-hmm. but the way that i use it is like oh goodness like oh dear oh my or if something <laughs> is like a little i don't know blue then it's also like oh no i don't want to see that um but if there was an emoji that I could have, it's actually, and I've talked to Jeremy Burge about this, and he's very encouraging of me to make this happen, to submit this proposal. I am offended because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine emoji featuring a cat face, smiling, laughing, crying, <laughs> heart eyesing, frowning, etc. And there is not a dog version of those nine emoji. And that is the biggest oversight in all of emoji history. Uh, and I just, I've not had the time to do it, but I am going to put together a proposal and bring the dogs to the emoji palette. So uh, wish me luck on, on that happening uh, at some time in the future. Can't, can't wait till I have my dog emoji. Yes, yes. Bring us the dog emoji. Not all heroes wear capes. Good job, Micah. I support <laughs> you, you in this. Thank you. Uh, So anyone that knows me knows that the unicorn is obviously my favorite emoji. Uh, The one I use the most is the the kissy sending hearts thing. Um, I send people a lot of love, apparently. Um, But I still... We we need a guinea pig. You know, I'm holding out for my sestra, Jean McDonald. We got to get a guinea pig emoji. So do your thing, world. (laughs) Make that happen. Get on on that, world. Uh, lots of great emoji suggestions here. That's also the end of our fourth topic, which means hopefully we have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we launch into that, Micah, tell us who is uh, supporting our lovely show today. 
Oh, I am so pumped. This is a new sponsor here for us. Uh, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a meal kit delivery service, including everything you need to cl- cook delicious gourmet meals that you could feel good about. Green Chef sends premium organic ingredients and imaginative new recipes each week. Meal plans include these options. You could have paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, carnivore. Green Chef is Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit delivery service. Each ingredient is thoughtfully sourced and its journey is tracked from planting to plating. I like that. Recipes include pre-made sauces, dressings, and spices, so you get more flavor in less time. That's right. You don't have to mix up all those sauces and spices ahead of time. Now, I uh, recently, like six uh, six or so months ago, found out that I am gluten intolerant. So I said, hey, Green Chef, can you send me a gluten-free box? And they said, yeah, no problem. So I got that box. I've got two meals left to, to make, but I made one. It was this delicious potato potato salad and barbecue chicken uh, dish. Oh my god, it was so good. It also had cornbread muffins uh, mm. that like had everything pre-mixed except, you know, like to, to put the, the wet ingredients and the dry ingredients together. So it was super fast. I really appreciate, uh, really, really, really appreciate Green Chef. So, for $50, which is a lot, off your first box of Green Chef, you can go to greenchef.us slash clockwise. That's greenchef.us slash clockwise, and you're going to get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And our thanks to Green Chef for their support of this show. Let's get that bonus topic, Dan. All right. It's summer. It's very hot where I am. And summer, of course, means ice cream. I want to know what's your favorite ice cream flavor or other delicious cold treat, James. So when I was a young child, my favorite was a particular brand of pina colada flavor. Um, I discovered (laughs) a few years ago that those ice creams were actually alcoholic and contained real rum. (laughs) Uh, which <laughs> probably explains why they are no longer sold to unsuspecting children. <laughs> My favorite ice cream is mint chip ice cream. Mm-mm-mm. Very, very good. Uh, mine is the pear and blue cheese from Salt and Straw, which is the best flavor in the entire world. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm plain old chocolate or other varieties of chocolate, basically as chocolatey as you can get. Preferably with chocolate sprinkles. Uh, All right. Got to go get some ice cream. But all that remains is for us to thank our guests. James Thompson, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. The only way is down now from my (laughs) 6.4%. And Kathy Campbell, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, Micah, 250 episodes in the can. What do you say we come back next week for 251? I think we can do that, Dan, as long as I don't break my leg while doing the 250 dance. All right. Well, until then, we remind all of you listeners out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Auf Wiedersehen.